Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. This is Maria Liberati. Join me in this week's segment as I welcome my special guest, Mark Orwall. He's a travel writer and author, and he's written a book about a Hollywood legend, John Wayne Speaks, the ultimate John Wayne quote book and Seth Watson, who is the founder of a really neat place in Chambly, Georgia. It's called the Distillery of Modern Art. He's combining modern art and spirits. Stay tuned. And today I have, I'm excited, I have um, a special guest. Mark Orwall is a travel journalist, but he's the author of a really neat book. It's called John Wayne Speaks, the ultimate John Wayne quote book. Is that right, Mark? Got it exactly, Maria. So, and if, you know, we just had Veterans Day. I think from what I know in reading, John Wayne really supported the veterans correctly. He was. Yes, of course he did. And I mean, this is, it's very ironic. John Wayne himself didn't actually serve in the military. Wow. Uh, he was at that weird age at World War II. He was in his yes. late 30s, but, uh, but he was very well known, of course, for his uh, his roles in the World War II uh, oh, yes. film. You know, like uh, The Sands of Iwo Jima, you know, one of the classic movies of World War II. And, and a lot of people will remember that. But he went on and did, uh, well, I think, about seven or eight films were, that were set during that era. But, of course, even beyond that that particular war, uh, his role as a military um, character in his films extends back to, you know, the, the 1800s as a cavalry officer and what have you. So that's a very, very much a fundamental part of his of his career as an actor. Oh, so that's why I I just know, like, from memory, from whenever I read about him, I know he was always connected in some way with military and veterans and, you know, pretty positive and supporting yeah, I, them. I would say about, yeah, a rough, I would say roughly um, half of his 175 films had him in uniform. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So did you, um, when you did this book, well, first of all, tell us, so yeah, I know you're a travel journalist. Did that relate in any way to you deciding to do this book? Is there anything relating to travel? It, well, it, in a very weird way, yes. Uh, I'll tell you because I'm a freelance travel writer and I, yes. I travel all over the world yes. and I write for a lot of different magazines and uh -huh. websites and what have you. And when the COVID pandemic hit, Yes. You know, I, I wasn't able to travel. Nobody was. None yeah. of us were. Right. So uh, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Now, I had in the back of my mind, I'd been thinking about this book. I'll tell you about that in a little bit, if you want, about the genesis of the actual yes, book. But, yes. but, I, but because I had the time, uh, I thought, well, you know, it's been in the back of my mind, Mark. Why not do it now? And so I focused and and this downtime, so to speak, from travel yes. is what gave me the opportunity to actually sit at the computer, do the research, uh, watch the films again and again and again, and write the darn book. You know? wow. So yeah, the, in fact, travel did have something, or I should be more specific. The lack of travel, right? Had something to do with it. And I, I just, I have to just say for a minute and interrupt you. I love that story because you made a positive out of something that could have been negative. You know, you're a travel writer, you can't travel, but you found a way to positively use that time, which I think is great. And I, I, I did the same. Actually, that's how I started my podcast because I used to travel a lot. 
lot back more more so back and forth to Italy where I was doing lots of things so did the same thing started my podcast and spent a lot of time on that and also that's great so Maria I'm sure that there I don't care you know maybe you're a baker at heart and you didn't really it takes a lot of time and effort uh you know maybe you were a writer maybe you're a musician uh I, i think a lot of us found that we had the opportunity in you know what really was a tragic situation for so many people and i don't want to underestimate that right oh, right on time so we wrote a book no i mean this has been a very exactly yeah but uh i did try as you pointed out i did try to put a positive spin on it yes. and use or uh for something creative you know yes i know your listeners are very creative people you know they're into food they're into travel they're into culture uh and and to have some time on your hands is a unique experience for most of us exactly (laughs) and for us creatives because we don't have enough we just don't have enough time so you had all that time i did too to spend more time on our kind of creative you know outlet which Precisely. is wonderful. Now, but you, uh, I, I had hinted at what actually was the genesis of this yes, genesis of the book. Even before I started writing it, I, uh-huh. I, I heard a quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the, this quote that was supposedly attributed to John Wayne yes. was, uh, shoot low boys, they might be crawling. <laughs> now, uh, it's kind of a weird quote, I know, but I thought, what movie did he say that in? Because I'd seen a lot of John Wayne movies, right? Uh, most of them, and I couldn't find that anywhere. And I finally realized, or you know, I found out he never said it. Oh. I thought, how many other quotes did he not, not say? Yes, well, it turns out a lot of quotes that John Wayne uh, is supposedly the author of, right? He never, he never said them, I, I, for example. Um, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Uh-huh. No, no, no. He never said that. He oh, never my gosh. Uh, 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 courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. No, he never said that. There's a lot of quotes that, that sound kind of good and sound like they might be John Wayne. Uh-huh. But he didn't say him. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start getting all of the quotes, the real good ones. Yes. And uh, and and I'm going to mark them down with a little footnote to to, uh, uh, you know, so I know which movie they came from. Yes. And, uh, OK, so I started from like his great movies, uh-huh. the ones that are really famous, The Quiet Man, The Searchers. Yes. She wore a yellow ribbon. Uh-huh. The really famous ones, True Grit, where he yeah. won an Oscar for that. Yes. But I'm, but it was a mistake, Maria. And I'll tell you why. I wasn't able to to put all of his quotes into any sort of context uh-huh. by doing that. So I thought, I got to go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now I did. I went back to his, even some of the silent movies where he was he was a, a bit player, a walk-on player in 1938. I, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. John Wayne was in the silent movies. That's how he got his start. Um, and then, but then I followed along each movie in chronological order. Yes. So that I kind of tell, well, you know, his early Westerns in the 1930s. How yes. did those match up with his World War II movies? Yes. Uh, like San Jima in the 1940s. And then his more mature roles uh, in uh, in the 1950s and 60s. Was there a progression? Uh, did he, was he just sending it in, mailing it in? Or was he getting, you know, more 
you know, more John Wayne-ish with each movie. Right. And so, you know, but Maria, that was 175 movies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of movies. Lots so, of movies, yes. That's how the book came about. Oh, well. Oh, well. Very interesting. Did you have to talk to anyone in his family for no no i didn't um uh, i this was in fact I, I i specifically avoided that because i didn't want this to become a what you might call a hagiography you know where yes. oh john wayne is the best the greatest yes yes i think he's terrific I, but yes. i wanted to see this through the eyes of a movie lover uh -huh. somebody who interested in the golden age of Hollywood, who likes to sit down and watch yes. classic movies on a Saturday yes. afternoon. I wanted to write it from that viewpoint. So the book, John Wayne Speaks, is written from the point of view of somebody who simply likes old movies, classic movie stars, yes. uh, great writing, oh, uh, great. fun acting. And so, no, this was a, it was a labor of love. It was yes. a solo effort. Uh, it's not a book that was endorsed by anybody or assisted by anybody. It yes. was just me, Mark, a guy who loves old movies. Yes. Uh, his every ounce of, of heartfelt emotion and research and my journalistic background. I have to put that to you. Yes. yes. I've got these quotes, Maria. Uh -huh. I would go back and rewind and rewind and watch and get it again and again to make sure that I got those quotes exactly right. So that's... That was the actual way that I put the book together. Yes. And that's the advantage because, you know, there's really not many of this type of publications out there that that do that. So we have the benefit of your expertise. And I could tell you have a passion for what you you did this book with your so you could tell you really put, you know, heart and soul into the book. So uh, and we're certainly old movie buffs that, you know, we love old movies at my at my house. Good old movies, you know, with well, actors you know like John Wayne and, you know, all the classics. So there are, there are some great John Wayne movies that you can sit down. And the nice thing is that you can have grandma sitting over here and you yes. can have your 10 year old over there yes. and you're right in the middle. All of you can watch these watch movies and together. enjoy them. Exactly. It, it really is a, a old fashioned, good old movie watching with lots of plots and, and some fun, fun dialogue. That's of course, that's what attracted me as a writer was that dialogue. And I wanted to also tell you that I did give credit to every single screenwriter, in this book, every single the screenwriters, uh, the people who wrote the original stories on which the uh, scripts were based on, because uh -huh. they wrote the words. They need to get the credit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, but those words wouldn't have been the same coming out of anybody else's mouth other than John Wayne. John Wayne's, yes. So can you tell us before uh, I wanted to add, so can, are there any quotes, you, any interesting stories like quotes that might have some, I, I'm sure all of them do, I mean, but it, any interesting? Yeah, I mean, there's one that I like, it's from the Alamo. I'm, I'm, I'm using the book here to yes. actually, I want to get, make sure I get it right, which again, uh, these, these quotes are, trust me, they are as accurate as you're going to get. And there's a lot of misquotes of John yeah, Wayne. Yes, but, yes. Uh, I read this one. Uh, I, I, I did an interview on Veterans Day. Yes. Uh, and, and I, it, I think this one is uh, really appropriate for any time of the year. Yes. Uh, and for those, you know, John Wayne, of course, was a, a huge supporter of our country. Yes. Uh, 
and of the democratic ideals that it stands for. And so I love this quote. Again, it's from his film, The Alamo. Uh-huh. I'm quoting here. Republic. I like the sound of the word. It means people can live free, talk free, go or come, buy or sell, be drunk or sober, however they choose. Some words give you a feeling. Republic is one of those words that makes me tighten the throat. Same tightness a man gets when his baby takes his first step his first baby shaves and makes his first sound like a man some words give you a feeling that make your heart warm republic is one of those words wow. I, I just love that quote you know yeah. I, I, and I literally get chills up my spine yes. uh, and, so he was not given to long speeches of course in his films yes. he was mostly very very um you know terse uh-huh. uh to the point. and i think that's what a lot of people like it it's like uh, a like about him is yes. that we're never unsure about John Wayne, where he was coming from. There's That's some character actors, you know, some famous people where, wait a minute, what does he mean? Is he saying this or is he saying that? With John Wayne, you were never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, so he was just straight direct to the point. So you knew, right? He was not. And I, I love that too about him that, you know, he, he's a, uh, let's see, how can I say this? Somebody that's just straight on and, you know, nothing ambiguous. You knew exactly where he stood. Yeah. And and, in a way, Maria, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why people associate uh, John Wayne as the conscience of America. Now, I mean, we have a broad, broad spectrum of of backgrounds in this country, of of cultures, of religions and all that. To a certain extent, we do, you know, as, as human beings, we like to crystallize our vision of a thing yes. as, as tightly as we can. And a lot of people will, will you know, identify John Wayne as the conscience of America. America. Because we do like to think of ourselves as, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think. Uh-huh. When I finish speaking, you're going to know exactly what I mean. Yes. I'm not leaving any doubt. And yes. John Wayne epitomized that, that point of view, I mean, as well or better than any actor, certainly. Yes, yes, definitely. And I love that. It's very, I think it's very kind of down. It, it's sort of, it, it is, it's like, a you know, it's down to earth. No punches pulled. You know exactly where he's coming from and, okay. and everything. So I like that. Well, the, uh, and, and that's part of what people have come to call the John Wayne code. Ah, there uh, you go. Yeah, it, it, they refer to it. I mean, I'm just, I just opening up the book at random to the John Wayne. There's this, I, I've divvied the quotes up into various sections. Yes. Uh, the code being the very first one. Yes. Um, and, and here's what he says in, in I think this was from, uh, she, I, I, I have to back and look, but I think this is from, she wore a yellow ribbon. Uh-huh. He says, Thursday, I gave my word to Cochise. No man is going to make a liar out of me, sir. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. Uh, we all like to feel like, you know, we tell the truth. Right. You can count on my word. Yes. My handshake is is my word of honor. Yes. Uh, that's, that's kind of what we consider to be. You know, if you're an American, that's yes. what you say is what you mean and what you mean is the right thing to do exactly (laughs) exactly and i just i i think if there's anything i love about him and his i don't know if it was just so do you know was that his image or do you think that was just him he was just being him well you know uh i i do believe that was him i'm not going to uh you know uh, get too weird about uh, exactly 
I mean, let's face it. There are plenty of actors who were one thing on the screen and one thing in real life. We know that, yes. Um, I have done a fair amount of research about John Wayne in his real life. And he was very, very much like he comes across in his films, but not not quite as tough. Oh, okay, there you go. That was, that was the impression that I get. I that's why I, you know, I really am drawn. I was I'm always really drawn to him, and you know, because I get this impression that you know, yes, we know. I mean, we know the studios built images and all that, but I got the impression that. You know, he's kind of what you see is kind of what you get. And he's a, you know, should I say straight shooting? I guess that's kind of a pun on words, but, you know, down to earth. And what he said, you know, it was just very, like I said, very direct, very clear. And I am, uh, I'm, uh, I've joined a lot of uh, Facebook pages that are devoted to John Wayne. And there are many, many people who who are on these, uh, these pages who post their own memories ah, of, John. of John Wayne. Yes. Yeah, you know, so, <clears throat> pardon me. John Wayne, uh, uh, you know, lived uh, uh, into the late seventies. And so a lot of people uh, who are, you know, even now in their, yes, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, who remember him, who yeah. met him and the anecdotes about him, just, you know, he was, he got out of his car cause he was going to the store and, Oh my gosh, John Wayne, can I have an autograph? There's not a single person who said, you know, get out of my, who said he oh, was wow. rude. Yeah. My no, you stopped. It's about where are you from? What do you, oh, oh well, what wow. do you do? Very genuine, oh, yes. That somebody saw him on the fishing pier in Balboa, which is in Newport Beach, California. Uh-huh. And uh, he was fishing, but they just saw his back. They said, uh, oh, it looks like you, you know, you're getting some good fish there. And he turned around and she says, oh, my God, it's John Wayne. He goes, yeah, no, it's not as good as it was yesterday. Uh, you should go back tomorrow. I think it'll be better. You know, just a regular guy. Wow. And he was a- yes. Very, very. Yes. And I know that's not part of your book. I, I shouldn't have really threw that in there. But it's just that he seems like somebody that was real, you know, and not just all glitzy and you know it was real what he said was real and i think it came from almost most of the stuff i think kind of came from the heart right heart came from his heart and soul so i love it and i love the i think the book is uh, oh that's great love all the quotes i'm definitely gonna have to get a copy for my mom for christmas she's like an old john wayne that's the other thing when you say for christmas uh, I just want to say that there's nothing controversial in the book. Right. And there, there are controversies about John Wayne. He, and he's, he, let's face it. He did say a couple of things in an interview back in 1971, which were not to his credit. I think he would have walked them back uh-huh. uh, had he lived longer. Yes. Um, but the thing is, this book is just, is, is, you know, it's the ultimate John Wayne quote book. John yes. Wayne speaks. It is non-controversial. It's for yes. movie lovers. It's yes. for people you know, who loved who loved John Wayne, who love yes. westerns, yes. who love story films. And it's for everybody, and yes. and nobody. It, it is. And you can be liberal, be conservative. It doesn't matter. No. This book is for exactly. It's it's yes, and that's why you know I just said well, I was thinking of a gift for, and she's she loves his films and and uh, some of the great movie star you know the old films so i could see how this would be a great but it's a great gift for any time of the year i think and if you know someone that enjoys good film good cinema 
good right. stories. Um, it's definitely a great book to uh, purchase as a gift for any time of the year, I think. So yeah, that's great. That. I appreciate that. Yes. And Mark, um, so tell us where um, where can we find the book? Is it online? Like anywhere people can find it online? John Wayne Speaks was published by St. Martin's Griffin, which is you know a major publisher. Yes. Uh, wow. out. It should be, if it's not in your bookstore today, just oh. ask, ask your local bookseller. They can order it and have it for you in a couple of days. But you can order it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, all the online booksellers. Yes. Just type yes. in speaks and you'll probably find a place to purchase it but i do recommend going to your local bookseller if you can let's let's support those local booksellers yes, that's that's yes that's very important yes let's support the local booksellers yes now most of us can get out and a lot of the bookstores the, the smaller bookstores if they're still there they're open so yes if you can yes. go to your local bookstore get them to order it for you if it's not in you know, definitely a couple of days, you know, call them yes, up. No, it, exactly. Yeah. Or you can even call. Exactly. Mark, thank you so much and much success with this book. And hopefully the next time you write a book, we'll, we'll be, uh, have you back on again. I'm sure you'll come up with something interesting. Maria, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of the show and all of the interviews you do. So thank, thank you. you so much for having me on. It's been a great thrill for me. Thank you. Thanks again. Take care. And today we have a special guest. We have Seth Watson, who is from a really interesting spot that uh, I know you're going to love hearing about. You know, not everybody gets to travel a lot in this period. So it's so nice for us to be able to travel. So today we're traveling to Georgia, Chambly, Georgia, right? And it's a really interesting spot that you got to hear about. You got to visit if you can get there. It's called the Distillery of Modern Art. And we have Seth Watson, who is the founder of the Distillery of Modern Art here today. Seth, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Maria, thank you so much for having me. So tell us, well, I guess I should start. Maybe maybe you could give us a little bit of background on it. How did you, because I know it's not open, right? You're going to be opening, when is that? Around the first week in December? That's correct. Tell us, how did you get the idea of opening this? It's such an interesting concept because you're combining like art with cocktails and events and it's it's just very interesting. Yes. Sure. So this is a newer industry for me. So I spent 20 years in hospitality. I had started, ran, and then eventually sold a design and production firm for private events. Uh -huh. um, started that back in 2000, 2001. Uh -huh. And the goal there, one, used to get paid to party, which was a pretty awesome um, uh, scenario. Yeah. What I saw when I moved to Atlanta is that most of the production companies were super basic. People were not stepping outside the common phrase, outside the box. Yeah. And everything was basically a... Um, you know, you can open a box and throw a party that way. Um, our goal was to try to design things for everybody on the level, um, on a higher, much higher level. Uh -huh. So we started our first year, it was maybe about 15 events that we did, really not a lot, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of lighting, a little bit of decor, some prop fabrication. And by the time, quick fast forward, by the time um, I sold my shares in that business in 2017, we were doing about 
400 to 450 events a year. Mm-hmm. So over the first few years, it was just small end events, a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time we were done, we were doing anything from a few hundred people to tens of thousands wow. all throughout hospitality. So it was lighting, staging, uh, decor, prop fabrication, entertainment, set wow. designs, um, a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. And towards the end, I had a business partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, it just seemed like a right time to move on. Mm-hmm. And the next best thing for me would have to figure out what I really wanted to do was open a venue and make uh-huh. whiskey. Uh-huh. It was just trying to marry expertise with passion. Yes. And for me, that's, you know, one of the most complimentary ways to um, really move forward in an industry. So I started really early on just trying to one, see what kind of spaces were available throughout Atlanta. Uh-huh. How can I make whiskey in Atlanta and throw enough events to afford to make whiskey. But as I'm sure you're aware, whiskey takes many years to mature. It sits in a barrel. And so all that money would sit on a shelf. The goal is to, you know, produce enough events that would bankroll that. Um, After immediately jumping into that, I realized that's not a possibility. So Mm -hmm. I brought on some very um, seasoned consultants from the spirits industry to handhold me a little bit. Uh-huh. And to say, okay, well, in the state of Georgia, liquor laws in every state are very, very, very different from each other. Yes. We live in a state with extreme holdover laws from prohibition uh-huh. that really don't allow for manufacturers to do a whole lot. Uh-huh. So for beverage alcohol in the state, you as a producer, you can make it. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to sell it to restaurants, bars, liquor stores. It has to be sold through distribution. Oh, okay. So I can make a great product. And especially in 2017, you can make a product, but I couldn't get it to people. Mm -hmm. Um, The law in 17 was you could have people come in for a tour. You can Mm -hmm. sell them a ticket for a tour and they were allowed to have a one ounce sample. That was the whole game. They couldn't buy a bottle. They couldn't stay for a drink. They could do none of those things. Um, And at the time there was only about two distilleries in, in our area and only Uh about 14 in the state. Uh Um, So Senate Bill 85 passes, which allows for unlimited um, samples, Uh which then at that point for me said, okay, we can add a bar to our facility, then we can bring our brand directly to the consumers. Uh They also then allowed up to three bottles being sold from your building at a time. So you could come in and buy three bottles per person Uh per day, which Uh was awesome. Yes. Immediate opportunity to um, bring the brand on. And as we continue to think, we realized, hey, we need to introduce other spirits that don't take time to mature. Uh And so fast forward a little bit, we decided on seven different spirits. So it's a classic vodka, Uh a peach vodka, a very unique gin, Mm -hmm. corn whiskey, bourbon, rye, and Amaro. So only two of those seven products need to be matured for a long period of time. Uh So we're able to rapidly produce those spirits in-house and uh-huh. be able to get them out into the market very quickly. Um, as we were building the brand, one of the things that stuck with me, it's really difficult um, to read through a lot of crafted marketing stories. Uh-huh. Most alcohol brands have some fake history about a 200-year-old recipe, a fifth-generation distiller. I, I, just being a, um, a person who has created things for a very long time, the uh-huh. last thing I was willing to do was buy something from other people, slap right. a label on it, and send it into the market. Yeah. Um, and since prohibition is such that it, it's such a hangover for people where everything to them is it needs to be old to be cool or new yeah. uh, or interesting, sorry. And I wanted a different approach. Uh-huh. And so modern was definitely the twist I was looking for. Uh-huh. I happen to be a huge fan of modern art in general. 
Mm-hmm. And I often compare um, art and spirits to be the same level of sort of subjectiveness. Uh-huh. If you look at a beautiful, you know, hundred year old painting that is revered as one of the best, right. somebody might think it is, but then the next person standing, you know, to the left of them may think it's trash to them. Right. 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 Uh, so the same is to be said with spirits. Yes. Could be an expensive spirit, but tastes terrible to you. And somebody else might think it's the best thing that ever was produced. Uh-huh. So we wanted to combine the art and the science together uh-huh. and bring a modern spin on what people assume a distillery um, is. Okay. Um, and in this state, most breweries, most distilleries, you're looking at old warehouses that were barely put back together to allow a manufacturer to come in. Uh-huh. No attention to detail, oh, not really thinking about the um, level of service. Uh-huh. Um, for us, the service was really the, the first important piece was how do guests interact? Mm-hmm. How do we create this sensory experience for people to um, feel like they're in something different than just a warehouse that makes alcohol. Um, so I wanted to blend art into our entire concept. Uh-huh. Thus the distillery of modern art was born. Um, and we actually, so for all each one of our spirits, we um, commissioned a local artist for each one of those spirits individually uh-huh. to create a abstract piece of artwork that spoke to the spirit in the bottle. And the goal with that was to have a unique bottle for each one. So our bottles are um, square. It's a three-sided label. And on the interior of the label is this piece of abstract art. So each artist designed a 40 by 40 piece of work. We then digitized it and then cut it up to fit the interior of our bottle. So in clear spirits, you can see the art from almost every angle. It's a very cool, colorful um, uh, addition to, um, to a spirit bottle. And in the brown spirits, as that bottle gets depleted, more of that art is revealed. So a real fun juxtaposition, um, on, on that part. And then the whole concept just sort of evolved where we were definitely doing an event space. We were now able to do a cocktail lounge. We were always doing manufacturing. And now we got to add this really awesome commission-free, uh, art gallery for local arts. Yeah. So, Tell me, so if somebody, you know, wants to come, because I know you can buy a ticket, right? I know it's the the venue is available for, will be available for um, uh, rent and for special events and things, but um, kind of what it's like. So the whole building is a gallery. Every design element of this building was intended to invoke senses any way possible. So from the time you walk in the door, there's a palate cleanse straight into an art gallery. Uh-huh. Um glass throughout the building. So all of our production is done in the center of the building. Pretty much all of it is surrounded by glass. Uh The goal is one transparency, because as a, as a producer, you want people to feel and see every step of the process. So as you take a tour, you definitely wander through our gallery, Uh you pass through each section is sort of divided up, but also plays nicely together. So the tour consists of seeing the entire facility, but you'll start in where we process grain. So Uh we get grain raw and we Uh mill it on site. And so people coming on a tour will have the ability to touch that grain, feel, smell, taste that grain as it goes into hoppers, as Uh it starts its process. They'll then be able to walk through our mashing and fermentation area and get a feel for what's going on in there. Get to see. So we have over a a mile and a half of copper running through this building that's running spirit and grain. It's a 15,000 square foot building and it's just going throughout this building. So So the process of that is an art as well. So that all fits in, right? It's it's everything just fits in with that. So um, I guess uh, my next question is where, so if people want to uh, come out 
to to visit the museum, where can they get tickets? Is it online? Can they go online? Absolutely. Do you have a website? Yeah, so everything available to do in our building will be available on our website. Uh -huh. The goal for the gallery is, so we're starting, we've got a list of about 25 artists that are all going to be um, showing their art in our space. Uh -huh. The goal is to cycle them out, you know, every uh -huh. few weeks, every few months, depending on the art. Right. They're allowed to bring people into this space for no money, right. post a show, hang their art, uh -huh. um, be totally responsible for the sale and for, um, you know, for purchases of that nature. But we want different groups of people to feel at home there. Mm -hmm. And for artists, when they go to most galleries, it's unfortunate they have to give up sometimes 30 to 50% of their sale to the gallery owner. Oh, wow. Having been in hospitality for so long and truly believing in collaborative relationships, right. I know what struggle it is for an artist to have, let's say, a, a $500 uh, painting. If they yes. have to give up 250 bucks to a gallery owner, that relationship becomes extremely transactional. Yeah. And I just personally, where my money's being made is not on nickel and diming an artist. Right. They're going to come in for an art show and they're going to buy a cocktail. Yeah. My goal is to sell cocktails and to support art. And so by doing that, not charging commission to these artists, they can feel at home. They're not stressed to push a piece of art. They're right. getting the opportunity to just show it have people appreciate it. And if a sale happens, that's fantastic that's for them. Great. Well, that's great. I love that, that you're supporting art and artists too, because especially in this time, it's even more difficult for some of the artists. One, the last thing I wanted to do that, well, first, um, so do you have a website? Sure, a it's website? distillery, it's distilleryofmodernart.com. Okay, and did you want to share a favorite cocktail recipe, like a simple cocktail recipe for the listeners? Is there anything? Uh... Absolutely, so I am a huge fan of of very classic cocktails and I happen to be a, a, a pretty decent bourbon drinker um, and a classic old fashioned for me is something that pretty much anybody can create at home. Uh -huh. You really only need one extra item that wouldn't be laying around, around your house. Right. So it just consists of uh, bourbon, uh -huh. water, some bitters, which could be, you know, people really love um, Angostura, which is a pretty classic bitters. Yes. It's a couple dashes of bitters, a little bit of sugar, water, bourbon, and then an orange peel. Uh -huh. And that citrus really brings the sugar up. It really brings the bourbon to life. Um, great during cold times of year, uh, even better in, in, in the warm times of the year. Wow. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's Yeah, sugar. I love that. It sounds like it's classic. Bitters. I'm sorry, go ahead. Say that again. Sugar, bitters. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sugar, bitters, bourbon, water, and an orange peel. Couldn't be any more simpler. I love it too. It's just all real stuff, not too much. And that's great. That's great. So um, Seth, thank you so much for being here. Distillery of of modern art in Chambly, Georgia. Uh, definitely worth a visit supporting local artists or supporting artists as well as uh, you can get some great um, spirits there. So, uh, oh, will you be selling that stuff online too? Or I guess you can't the way liquor laws work and everything, right? The stuff. That so you I meant to update, I'd mentioned earlier that you are, you were able to, after the law changed in 17, you were then able to sell three bottles per person per day. Yes. And in the last year that law changed again. And now we can sell six bottles per person per day, straight from our shop. 
So while we can't deliver, you can come pick up from us and not have to deal with the markups and retail. We will be distributed throughout the city and state, Uh um, but you can come enjoy a cocktail. You can leave with a bottle. Um, You will be able to order for pickup online. So Uh if you just, for some reason, don't want to have to run in and and stare at a shelf and pick bottles, you can buy it on our website. It can be ready for when you walk in the door. Wow, that sounds great. Great, a great uh, reason to take a trip there. Seth, thanks so much and much success with that. It sounds like a great, uh, great idea. And hopefully if I make my way out that way, I will definitely have to stop there. Awesome. Maria, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati show. And thanks to my guests, Mark Orwall, author of the book, John Wayne Speaks, and Seth Watson, founder of the Distillery of Modern Art. And as always, thanks to my producer, Britton Roselle. And for more information on this week's guests, you can go to my website, marialiberati.com, my new website, themarialiberatishow.com, and you can also find me at marialiberati.com, and my book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, You can find that anywhere books are sold online at Amazon.com, at Kindle, and my website, MariaLiberati.com, ArtOfLivingPrimaMedia.com, the publisher's website. And you can also find me on Twitter at Maria Liberati with a capital M, on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati, on Instagram at Maria Liberati, and on Pinterest at Maria Liberati and my Roku channel, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking by Maria Liberati. And please like and share and review the show. And don't forget, if you review the show, take a screenshot, share it on social media with the hashtag The Maria Liberati Show, you'll be entered in a giveaway for one of my books in my book series. Until next week, peace, love, and pasta.